Hey, kia ora. Welcome to the Invisible Sensei Podcast. Hope you're well. Um, guys, just a couple of quick things. Housekeeping. If you're wanting to get hold of my guest today, I'll have a link in the liner notes and also on the Facebook page. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Invisible Sensei, where you'll see uh, a little bit more information about our, our guest today. Also on our Facebook page, the Invisible Sensei Podcast, where I'll put a link so you can uh, contact our guest today directly and learn a little bit more. So just by way of introduction, just want to take time to um, have a little bit of a talk about where I met today's guest now. Um, Taida Sensei, unless you've been living under a rock for the last, oh no, forever, um, Taida Sensei is one of the, the doyans, I think, of uh, Jundokan, the Jundokan Dojo in Okinawa. Um, he has his own organisation now, um, and you, if you punch in Taira Sensei on YouTube, you'll come up with some incredible Bunkai videos. There was a Discovery Channel uh, documentary done a few years ago by um, this French-Canadian lady, in which she visits the dojo, and Sensei's doing um, all manner of Denzoku Bunkai. And I remember hearing about uh, Taira Sensei back in the, gosh in the early 90s, late 80s, from friends who'd been talking now and just talked about the sensei who could attack you in combination with any, you name a kata and then take you apart using literally that kata. Um, so that's the pedigree of my guest today. So um, Sensei Pete Kyo is um, the shibucho for Taira Sensei in Australia. He's coming to us today from Melbourne. I met him a few years ago, or got mistaken for him at a Gashuku that they were kind enough to invite me here in Wellington with Taira Sensei. Uh, he does a number of things. He works in a number of fields. He works with young people. He has an, uh, an organisation called Tri Tactics. He works with bullying. He works with communications. He works with, from what I've been able to glean, um, bringing out the best in young people, teaching people how to communicate in a safe and positive way. He's done a lot of work in the field of um, sexual abuse, mental, physical abuse, and does a lot of work. And he, in fact, uses karate as a vehicle for healing and a metaphor for that work. So it's going to be an interesting um, conversation today. So thank you so much, Peter Kiel Sensei. Thank you so much for um, you know contacting me, my friend, and um, having this chance to catch up. Um, it's been too long. Now, you should probably know that, um, like myself, if you've seen pictures of myself, I, I have the um, great pleasure of being mistaken for um, Gil Sensei uh, at Akashuku. And that was only because, you know, the person who was looking at us thought two big bull guys. He has a lot of ink, and we're both fairly big dudes. So, Sensei, I'm going to start, you know, usually we do these things and we talk about how did you start and all this sort of stuff. So, I'm going to sort of go a bit, bit back, back to front. And the first question I'm going to ask is, we were talking prior to recording about Bunkai and Karate and um, Gojuru and Okinawa and all these sort of things as we do and we've conversated. Where do you see Okinawa and Gojuru at the moment? I know this is a big question. Or, or Karate in general in terms of uh, Bunkai, in terms of Kata? Um, and where would you like where would you like to see it moving back to? Uh, I it is a good question. I um I see Carter and an application Bunkai um, as a new birth. 
I think people are really now starting to take the time to, to rather than just perform movements, um, want to know why. And hang on, does this relate to this structure in another kata? So there's, there's core principles. Um, and I don't know, it's like, a, it's, to me, every time I do kata or application training with someone or even on my own, it's almost like Christmas morning again. It's this gift that just keeps on giving. Um, people are now starting to ground their feet in the knowledge of, you know, the applications and the whys, and rather than just do it with lights and music and win medals and stuff, that that's not what it is. Um, there's different areas. Yeah, great if you're athletic and you want to do that. If on you know kumite stuff, that that's cool. But the, where I'm at now, I'm a 50 year old man, and I want to be doing this until you know my last breath. Mm. And with kata and the application, just gives you so much priority and. And uh, it's just, the more I know, the more I know I don't know. Mm. No, Where's it going? Um, who knows, but I think it's going to be great wherever it gets to. Um, walking in my shoes anyway. Um, the people I train with uh, and also regular contact with Tata Sensei, um, you know, it's just, he, he's before his time. Mm. Yeah, it is, and it's interesting when I when I went to the seminar with you guys, and um, it was kind of like, um, look, I've done you know karate for forty three years this year, and I can honestly say in that time I walked away with a headache, but the good kind of headache after that seminar, and it was just amazing where sort of you know you you learn bunkai and this and that, and you take certain things for granted. It was certainly a crash course in relooking at the way that I approach karate. Now. Um, while we're talking about while we're on kata, and obviously as gorjuru practitioners, we'll come back and forth to kata. Um, you do some amazing work. Now, um, you have been very upfront. I've seen in the Australian media a couple of interviews with you on television. You do some wonderful work with young people, and you use karate in, in a lot of this in a lot of the settings as a metaphor, as a tool for helping young people. How did you one? How did you? create the methodology and what's behind that for you uh, I suppose I'll make it personal because it is um, that's what got me through um, moments in my life where I didn't think that I was going to get through the grounding of kata and we can use gekisai um, the grounding of those first three movements and thank god they invented then the, the other side of the next three movements but those three movements to me connect and it gives you this strength and understanding. Um, and I was using that myself. And as I grew, I, I started to use other kata and use the same principles. But it, it fixed me from the inside out, I believe. Uh, I saw things clearer. Um, so, you know, that was my medicine at the time and still is to this day. Uh, but then I thought, well, if it works for me, it can work for others. So I started doing that. And the confidence you see in someone just by that first movement of raising your hand through the center line and engagement and feeling safe. You know, whether the arm hits you on the outside of your arm or the inside of your arm, but just that movement of going, hey, I'm safe, I'm okay. Mm. And then to use the other hand, so get both hands going at once and the control and, and the, you know, the, the, the feeling you do get um, is what we need. But funnily enough, people who don't want to look down that path, that avenue, um, they lose control of the mind and the emotions. Um, you need those two first for the third one to happen, which is physical. So, you know, it's worked and it's, if, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm. 
you um, are very upfront with um, your own journey in terms of life and in terms of the martial arts, and you've got quite, a, quite an amazing pedigree. You're a, you um, have trained for decades, um, and you trained in quite a, in, in terms of the martial arts scene in Australia, probably one of the most prolific styles, especially here in New Zealand as well. Um, and so I guess to what led you into that, and and you were at a, at a very high level in that style, and then to suddenly, you know, basically begin again by your own admission to move into Okinawa Gojuru to train with Taito Sensei, and then just move down that path when perhaps it would have been easier. <laughs> I'm imagining it would have been easier just to sort of sit tight and just um, you know be the grand poobah in a small fish tank. Yeah, I started that um, when I was a, a young fella. Um, first of all, I was afraid of my anger. I was afraid. I used to be a school bully in Year Seven, and I was afraid of that. And I went to an all boys Catholic school, and each time I got in a fight, I I got punished. Um, got taught a lesson, as you um, NZers call it, mm. and uh, you know. I was too scared to go home. My mum was, you know, four foot eleven, um, hard lady, and you know, but it didn't stop me. I kept getting in fights. So I turned to um, turned to the only martial art that was near me, which was Indukai, and they taught you how to hurt people. Um, you know, as a Q rank, we weren't allowed to ask questions to Dan ranks. Um, hell forbid someone in in Yondan of Waikiki. Because back then we had all different coloured geese and stuff, and um, you know, so it, it got me through. It made me think differently, and the more I learned how to hurt, the less I wanted to. Hurt. Um, and so, yeah, got through the ranks pretty quickly there. Um, got to uh, first queue, and then by that time you're meant to go and you know work in pubs and do all that kind of stuff. And but as I was saying to you before, mate, one end of the hall they were doing performing kata. Uh, only up to Seipai, because um, that's all the founder knew. Um, and then after we did that, we, you know, put our gloves and shin and steps and sometimes mouth guards, um, and we kickboxed down the other end. And to me, there was no correlation. You know, what are we doing in this movement? Well, what are we doing this for in the kata? And then just the other end, just to shut your hands and throw punches. That, that's all we did. Uh, and then in 2010, uh, Bryson Keenan Sensei, um, who had been travelling to the Jundakan and met Sensei Tata, and um, he said, "Guys, I'm coming home," because he was travelling around with the army and stuff. He goes, "Guys, I'm coming home, and we're going to. Um, I want to run you through uh, uh, Cipher." Um, and he did it step by step by step, Renzuka, and all of a sudden, light bulbs, you know, just bursting in my head. And I'm looking around, everyone's got the same feeling. And even Bob Jones was there on the day, Billy Minet, very high rank instructors in the style. And I was just, I thought it was just going to catch on fire and say, right, boys, this is how we're going now, because this is how we've got to answer this. But um, slowly and slowly, arms got folded throughout the organisation. The, the, the crew that went to Okinawa and trained, there was a group of us, we all had the same feeling. And once you, you know, get on that floor in the Junicarn and since they teach you the way he did, um, yeah, he made us look like idiots. You know, we did our forearm bashing for most of the first class. Got back to our, our rooms and put our arms in ice in the basin. Next class, start off forearm bashing again. Um, but 
the answers were there. And then when we got back home to Australia, we, we you know, no one had it. No one wanted to join us. Um, but that was enough for me. I'm, you know, Zinukai was told to me that it means the best of everything within progression. And to me, that was the progression. Finding these answers, understanding, getting good kihon, application, takata, all this kind of stuff. We've got to do that. That's the way we've got to go. And no one wanted to do it. So I stepped away. As you said, new beginning. To me, it's just adding on and giving me more grounding of what I thought I knew. But as I said before, I didn't know it. Um, so hopefully that answers some of your questions. No, mate, it's, it's awesome. You know, I've got this habit, I realise on the odd occasion that I've listened back to some of my interviews, I have this thing, I was like, no, that's awesome. But you know what, whenever I say that, I always mean it. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting to me too, you know, when you meet practitioners that have gotten to a, to a certain level, um and oh, and have um continued to sorry guys just my mother was calling me at exact at, at completely the wrong time at completely she does it again I'm not answering sorry mum you could have answered it mate I couldn't I couldn't um <laughs> um you know like you've gotten to a, a certain level and then you've had to take on this new body of knowledge it's always interesting to me when i ask this question for people who've done who've had a that similar track and i know i certainly have did was it a question of you having to relearn was it a question of you having to incorporate new knowledge was it a question of you having to forget everything wipe the decks clean and start again or did your training prior to you know working with titus and such a close um, relationship did you were you able to bring that in and, and kind of I guess um, for one of a better would edit what you'd already done or did you just completely start from the beginning what was what was your thoughts on that Zendikai taught you how to fight um, from the inside out um, back in the 80s and 90s and stuff they, they taught you how to fight and if you couldn't fight then you basically left so that's one thing I've taken with me. Um, everything else I've had to unlearn. Mm. Um, if you ask me now to do a Zendikai Kata on mm. my children's life, I wouldn't remember. Mm. I couldn't remember. Um, so I had to break everything down and it was refreshing. Like when I left the style, um, uh, I was a probationary Wukudan and I was basically rankless for over two years. Bryson Keenan Sensei didn't want it to be seen or understood that by oh, you're a mate, we'll just grade you to this sort of mm. thing. So I was beltless, I was rankless, um, but I was still doing Tata Sensei's Goju-ru, trying to understand that. I said to all my students, this is the way I'm going, and all my students come with me. Um, and at the time I had, you know, probably 70 at a, one school, my home dojo, another 30 or something, um, so had a few students and they they all decided to come with me. So we changed geese, changed everything. And we basically got reborn, so to speak, without mm. being you know, religious, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and I'll never ever regret it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting too, you know, when you talk about that, you know, like the whole thing around grading and promotions and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, that there's a lot of people out there who sort of tend to look at 
you know, that is indications of, you know, their worth in, terms, in life and things like, you know, what they do becomes who they are. Um, so when you were doing with your with your stuff, you do a lot of security work and so on and so forth as well. How do you apply? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking. I guess I'm not. I guess I'm not talking about. You know, I know that you're physically capable with your background and doing security work from an early age. I'm not asking about whether or not you can handle people. I know you can handle people. I guess how does your karate inform tri tactics, your security work? and um, working with all the great work you do with young people in schools and so on. How does it all work? The karate, like my kids say to me, Dad, when are you going to retire? And as I said to you before, I say, when you bury me. Um, what we're doing now is karate. Um, I'm, we're live on camera with one another. Mm. Um, I watch your eyes when you speak. I watch your eyes when you listen. Um, and I also can tell when you're conjuring up your next question. Um, <laughs> so it's about being aware. So it's being aware of you first, knowing who you are. Mm. Uh, if you know who you are, like your bad bits. Um, with kids, I say it's like your kata. Do do a kata now. The bit that is the most awkward for you, or the bit you don't get, let's pull that out and let's work on it. If you can't fix it, outsource it. Go to the next high rank, and 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 you know try and fix it put it back inside your kata and you become stronger. I do the same thing with people's emotional intelligence and, and you know, what's wrong? Your attitude, is it you, you're too soft on yourself? What, what's your biggest, worst trait as, as, as character? Pull that out, work on it, put it back in. Um, and I suppose if you can get to know yourself, then you know many people really well. But if you bullshit a bullshitter and you don't really know yourself, you're going to know no one. So, to me, there's either being real in life or fake. It's the same in kata. It's the same as karate. To me, it's all the same. So, mm. I, I, yeah, I don't wear different hats. Mm. I just wear the one hat, which is, to me, karate. Mm. And it's a beautiful thing because I don't work. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't work. Mm. I love what I do. Mm. And, and that's the saying, I guess, as everyone says, you know, find the thing that you love to do and you never, and you never work work a day in your life um no that's amazing so for you in terms of your training in terms of what are you working i mean we've been in a lockdown i know that you've been sort of doing you know doing lots of different work um during the lockdown what are you working on on in your own training at the moment uh it's given me a chance to look at how i teach um i've got one father uh, I teach at a school, and it's a private school in Turak in Melbourne called St. Kevin's College. And one father, his son loves it that much that he goes, I'll pay you to drive down to my house, which is an hour and 20 minutes away, teach my son for an hour, then drive back. I started to look at how I taught, why I taught, and I've broken that down, and I've been doing that with a few other students as well. And so it's like, Pete, check yourself out. Have a look at yourself. What are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? So that's what a lot of the stuff I've been concentrating on. The other thing is I've got a, uh, a, a guy down uh, at my dojo, Paul Chandler, who um, is so technical. He uh, He's like an engineer for his job, and he does the same thing in his in his kata mm. and his karate. So um, once a week we get online, and we've just chosen a, a week, a kata per week, 
and look exactly what I do, what he does, and why. And so it's been it's pretty refreshing. It's it's time to look within at this time where we can't look out. If that makes sense. Mm. That was deep, wasn't it? It was. I want, if it was a pool, mate, I want I want a diving board because I want to dive deep. I want to dive deep in there. <laughs> Have a bit of swim around, do some backstroke. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but in terms of peers and in terms of people that you look to for, I don't want to say inspiration because inspiration is an overused word. In terms of people that, I know that, let me put this a different way. Holy gosh. There are people that I look to for their opinion because I know where their opinion it comes from a place of knowledge. It comes from a place of genuine concern. It comes from a place of want of, of a, a genuine desire to help me get better. Even if I don't want to hear at times, even if they're telling me what I need to hear what, rather than what I what I want to hear. Who are those people for you, I guess, in karate and without and, and outside of karate? Outside of karate, um, I guess is my wife. Mm. I look to her for um, keeping myself grounded. Um, me and her, are, like she's a beautiful blonde hairdresser that when people see me and her walking down the street, they go, oh, they must be brother or sister or he's paid or something, you know, but you know, I'm very well punching myself but my wife, it's not funny, uh, like most martial artists. Um, but yeah, she keeps me in check and we're, we're on a journey and um, our paths have crossed and they're meant to cross for a reason um and yeah so she she would be the main one uh in karate um i met some great people only for a moment of time in okinawa um brian lonabauer who's from iowa uh he's he's trained at the junior khan for a long time trained with miyazato sensei good friend of, of tata sensei um me and him hit it off we're like brothers and uh you know, even come here last year for Tata's seminar in Melbourne. And another one is Ken Erich Sensei, um, who's in England, who trained a longer time at the Junica. And I get on, you know, Zoom with them or Messenger and, and uh, yeah, I just want to make sure, you know, to me, you know, Tata Sensei talks about stairs and you you go up this stair, the circular staircase, you go up, but technically you're still in the same space. You haven't walked 10 metres to your right, 10 metres to your left. And each step you take up is a step you've taken before, but at a different level. Uh, it's like your understanding of Kihon. He, he does his Kihon Kata um, like no other. And what he says is many people try to emulate him. He doesn't want that. He wants your Kihon to be your Kihon. Um, so, you know, I, I, and when Tata Sensei's here, I'm, I'm so lucky because he stays with me and then I take him for a week here, then I take him to Adelaide um, for three days and then we fly back home. But the, the stuff we learn in the kitchen, you know, it could be after dinner. Mm. And um, he takes his watch off and he says, Kiosan, stand up. And um, and we just cross wrists and then we he, he just, you know, it's just gold, it's priceless. Mm. Um, they're, they're the real classes. Mm. So, um, yeah. But I think if you're honest enough to keep yourself in check, um, you'll look for those people or those instances where you're trying to, you know, get sh shortcut, mm. you know, but, uh, yeah. So, so, um, if you, we have time at the end of this, I'll show you how to do the no touch knockout. It involves a lot of not bathing and it takes time <laughs> to build up sufficient, the fish, the sufficient odor 
to do it, but it's completely possible. You know, when you were talking about that, man, I was thinking, um, I remember a, Miyagi Sensei reading, I'm reading about, um, Miyagi Sensei, after Higuana Sensei passed away, he spent a lot of time looking for people to inspire and teach him. Um, he felt that even sort of at the level that he was in, he was quite young, when, well, relatively young, I suppose, when Higuana Sensei passed away. And he went to this particular teacher and there was a misunderstanding and basically he and one of his students or one of his colleagues was asked to leave and he made this statement and it was, I feel as though I'm groping, I'm groping my way in the dark again. And I, you know, I, it's interesting that there are periods of time in our life, I think, where we have to sort of walk into the desert. You know, there's kind of a, a rite of passage where we have to sort of dig and we have to cast about and find you know what what kind of speaks to us so for you in terms of your karate when does your so with Taita sensei you know you were relating you want he's wanting you to find your expression of karate when does your karate become your karate rather than an emulation or an impersonation of um, a particular senior um, you know your seniors when do you take that step into the ownership of your own practice. When do you stop doing uh, pale limitations and start getting into the into the nuts and bolts of it? As good people emulate you, you try and do what they do, but you have your eyes wide open. You go, well, I just can't do the way he does it. Um, you try and do it as best as you can, but I think it, the word is digestion. Once you take it in and everyone's arms are different lengths everyone's body sizes are different legs are longer shorter whatever um you've got to sort of then make it your own um i listened to podcasts of the jundakan people that um, were interviewed and one of them spoke about sensei saying um you know i'm not going to teach you anything you, you take from me what you need um and it's going to be at your own time um you know I've been training with Sensei a while now, and then when you run a new seminar and, and Sensei's there and people have been there that are, you know, fifth, sixth arm, something like that, and trying to teach them and help them and get through stuff, you know, you think, man, why don't you get it? Come on, it's easy. But then you have to go back to when you first met Sensei and go, well, shit, that's not. Um, I believe on four principles. Um, and the first one is principles. You've got to have a good key on. You've got to have a good base. Um, then you must have the will to be persistent and then you must have the breath out to be patient and, and what that hopefully leads to is perfection but once you get to that step you realize you're back at the principles again so nothing is ever ever going to be perfect mm. um, like we've all done gradings before you think man I'm going to do it perfect I'm going to do it perfect and you know when you haven't because there's three four five times shit, that hand shouldn't have been there that finger shouldn't have been like that but it's the journey it's, it's the journey and understanding and um, but yeah those four words of principles persistence patience perfection then you're back at principles again and I suppose it's like sensei story of the staircase mm. you just got to keep one foot after the other mm. it's um you know when you're talking about that I you know I've thought about you know good friends close friends of mine who've um who've done seminars with Sensei um, and, and trained with them both in Okinawa, New Zealand and, and been a part of the seminars when you guys have run them. And it's come back, I'm, I'm thinking of um, a, a particular uh, 
Sim and Harry Sensei, who's um, who's a quite a, a prominent practitioner in Auckland and a really good guy. Um, and I'm trying to get him on the podcast, by the way. Um, I remember we had a seminar last year, and on the second day of the seminar, we just opened it up and said, look, everyone just practice with each other. And he just went through, he was moving through some of this book. And Sim and Sensei is, is a powerhouse. He's a trail bike rider and this and that. But he is not, um, like I'm 6'4", so he's... You know, not six four, the opposite of six four. But the power that he um, generates is really amazing for a man for a man of any size, let alone for his stature. Then the way in which he did it, well, he did it. The way in which he did it was very different to Titus Sensei. But in, in the essence, um, you know, like you say, capturing that basic, capturing the adhering to the principle, as opposed to. Um, just sort of like doing a blind imitation. Um, if you could put a billboard up in every dojo in the country, in Australia, or in the world, you have an opportunity to do that, what would you write on that billboard that every night, if in order to walk into the dojo, that's the first thing you had to see? It's the first saying you had on the wall. You, had to, you couldn't walk into the dojo without reading it out loud. What would you put on it? If I don't say what I'm about to say, uh, Sensei will make me um, a tenth key straight away. Um, Sensei's been banging on for such a long time. Um, shut up and train. People talk too much. People people don't do enough like the Westerners. They, yeah, I've done that. What's next? Yeah, I've done that. I've done it three times. What, what's next? Uh, um, you know, gone back, you know, Sensei uh, Ken Erich said to me the other night, you know, the first three years was sunshine. Mm. Um, would you come back to class after a month of just doing sunshine? Mm. Um, you know, the the Western world wants it yesterday. Um, so sensei is the the allergy of shut up and train. Mm. Um, just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And um, yeah, so that'll be my push. Mm. Not not people are still too. I've done that. But what's next? Um, shut up, man. Just train. I was. I would have said if I'd been asked that question, I would have said. Um, I would have put my my bank details and, and said deposits. Deposits now open. That's what I would have done personally. Because <laughs> it's all about money, man. It's all about money. You know, karate is all about money. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> now, uh, for you, in terms of you know, you're you're coming into post lockdown. You're you're starting to move back into. Um, you're starting to move back into, I guess, regular life, for want of a better word. Um, how has, what's changed in terms of the lockdown? Has that changed? Have you remained the same? Are you looking at the way that you're teaching, training, and disseminating your message out differently? Is there anything, any realisations? We were talking before about, you know, you, you were taking apart some kata and doing that, but in terms of how you impart the information and how you influence people in terms of your karate, has it changed, has it, or has it remained the same? It's, I think it's just amplified. Um, when I teach kata, I teach them stay two or three movements and I get them to feel the movements as a basic application, always underlining that that's not the only way it can be done. But you must feel. Mm. That's one big thing I've learned from Tata Sensei is his touch, his pressure. Um, he tricks you and yeah he does he makes you look like a, a dick sometimes most of the time 
but the the touch and the pressure um the lockdown i'm missing that you know i i really am i get to train with um one of my students once a week physically so we're, we're naughty but um i've known him for a long time he's very much isolated um so am i matter of fact but uh but to actually clash forearms and do application um i miss that um and to me that's a trilogy of, of the karate you know your mind emotion and, and physical I'm doing the mind and the emotional, but I'm not getting the, the kick out of the physical. So um, I can't wait. Hopefully it's going to be in June where we can, you know, we'll probably have to do the isolation stuff, distance thing like you're, what you're doing in NZ now. But um, yeah, I miss the, I miss the, the touch. Mm-hmm. Thank God for Without Kata. Sound weird, you know, thank, thank God for Kata. No, it didn't sound weird, man. You know, it would sound weird if you'd sung, sometimes when we touch. <laughs> that would have been weird. That would have been weird. <laughs> if you go into an air supply song or whatever it is, that would have been bloody weird. But no, it wasn't. Um, but no, I, I certainly understand that. I've been lucky mm-hmm. in, in that my brother-in-law's a, a pretty, a pretty, you know, he's about 12, he's younger than me. He's built like, you know, a Greek god and he's good at judo and he's strong. So he's, he comes over a couple times a week to, and I've got mats at home, so he gets to throw me around. So he's in the, in the bubble. Um, for me, I want to I want to ask you. There's a couple couple of things, and I know we've got probably about another ten minutes, so I'm going to squeeze these two in. In terms of dandori uh, and tegumi, um, well, you know, tegumi is a term that people are using a lot. I mean, um, kake is gojuru practitioners. If you're listening to this, you know, you're not a um, Okinawan karate practitioner. You may not be aware that Okinawan that, that people call kake loosely sticking hands it's a sensitivity drill a one-handed sensitivity drill, sensitivity drill in the, for the most part um tegumi is um it's kind of borrowed its name from okinawan wrestling but it's very a very technical form of sparring I, I, that's how i'd characterize it and nandori is a, a mutual benefit a style of training as opposed to jukumite which is like you're literally just trying to hammer the shit out of each other um where does Dandori, where does Kake and where does Tugumi sit, if anywhere, in your training and in your mentality? We've been, Paul Chandler and myself, more Paul has been looking at the the grappling, I'll, I'll say it loosely, um, the grappling way of things within Kata um, from a Sunshin principle. Um, Sensei likes to always start with an open close back fist um, drill. Um, he gets to feel, um, and again, I'll relate it back to the touch, um, where we use all three basically within a certain, you know, round of movements. Um, the the, the kakie, everything to me is kakie. Um, you know, kakie to me is not the hand, it's more of the rotation of the forearm. A lot of people focus on the hand. Um, we, we do, um, a position where we've got a gate in and shoot in, and then we close so we have them open and then we close them gate and shoot in, and then to reverse the other side we throw in a back fist and then we open them up again and we do that as a as a connecting drill since mm. it's got many many connecting drills um, but the, the kakia is everywhere um, the repeating three movements from a kata um, to me is the fight um, you know, I 
connect wrist with Sensei one time and he did two movements in Gegasai, one of Seipai and then one of Kurunfa. Um, and just went bang, bang, bang. And I had to say, okay, sorry, time out, pause. I've just got to digest that. That's unbelievable. How'd you do that? Mm. And he did it all from touch. Mm. So hopefully I'm answering your question in a roundabout sort of mm. way. Mm. Um, touch is important. Yeah. So it's that, that actual point of contact, is, it's really interesting because we're doing some um, work with um, a really great uh, Titi Sensei, Joe Titi Sensei, who's a, a seventh dan with our HKF and a, <clears throat> and a close personal student like yourself of um, Teruchi Kazuo Teruchi Sensei um, of the IJKF and, and, and he has he's got some pretty devastating videos out there he's, he, I think he's if I remember correctly Sensei's in his late 60s and just rocking the six pack and all the rest of that just one of those guys just a machine um, and he was talking about you know people learn karate at different at different times of life and at sometimes what you're learning so like, I, I, I found this for me like I was teaching seppai to um, two of my students who've been with me for a long time and I'd realized I'd gotten to a point where I'd never had anyone who'd stayed with me long enough that I'd had to teach them seppai you know like people get their shoulder done and then they kind of sort of fade away um, where that I taught them certain things based one on my own limitations so there are certain stances that i'd shortened or because i've got a locked ankle i can't i have to change the angle of my foot so on and so forth and it wasn't you know i was teaching them my, the karate that i was doing at 48 as opposed to teaching them the karate that i was doing at 23 which might have not been as technically sound but looked a lot cooler let's be honest um for you, how was your the, how was your karate? I mean, mate, you're only two years older than me, so I'm, I'm hoping for some answers, a good answer on this one, so I feel better about myself. How has your karate changed throughout the years? How have you accommodated men of our vintage? You know, you like that of, of our vintage. How have you accommodated as you as you know your body's gotten older as you as you've been had to take better care of your body? I guess. Um, just this morning, um, or yesterday, I walked down the stairs and, and twinged a, a calf. <laughs> I've got a little calf strain going on at the moment. So um, I grabbed the old reliable, did that jar out, and I've uh, been rubbing that into it. But um, uh, yeah, our bodies are changing. And um, still, I still think the older we get, we it's like a, a, a car that was built in 1969 or 71, you know, come off the, the, you know, the production line and sometimes the doors don't open as well as what they should um you know i believe we've got to slow down a little bit not like what we used to do in our 20s or 30s but be smart and um and that's where i think time and age and all that kind of stuff has driven me down the road of understanding kata um you know i still like to go for my walks with my dog and do all that kind of stuff and um ujundo and my, my best friend my makawara but um you know the the it's time, it's time for kata. Um, you know, like we've got 12 kata and to to know each one of them, we haven't got enough time in one lifetime to, to get to know them properly. And this is coming from the understanding of Tata Sensei. So um, yeah, like to know a kata properly um, is, is the best present in the world. Mm. So that that's what I'm focusing. And it's not because, it's just why. Um, why not? Um, you know, yeah, it's it's like you were talking about Seipai just before. Some of the movements in Seipai, now with the understanding of Sensei that he's given me, 
those movements, man, they're just so much different to how I used to do them. And um, it's like having, you know, broad lollies or chocolate. Um, mm. You know, that's it's, um, it's totally changed me. Mm. You're, showing, you're showing our age, man, when you're saying broad lollies. They probably haven't been broad lollies in about 30 years, bro. Come on. I mean, you mean McDonald's or something like that, you know, because we're so down no, with the young people. Plastic. It's plastic. I mean, you don't need that. Now your your karate may not be may not is by in, in your own estimation be perfection, but that hairstyle is something quite quite amazing. I've 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 tended to notice all the best sensei uh, have freed themselves from the from the need to uh, uh, do their hair by 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 accustoming themselves to the joys of being bald. So um, <laughs> I just had to say that, but, um, you know. But I look, um, I know, by choice. <laughs> exactly. You know, there, and there's actually there's two styles. I think there's two styles of bull guy. I'm I can grow here, but I don't grow here because I I shaved my head probably in about geez about 25 years ago and just liked it. I was living in a place that had a hot climate, and I just went, I'll shave my head, and I liked it. And I thought, my God, it showed, I had nothing to hide behind because I can look at the size of my ears and that face. I had no idea how much I could hide behind my cool hairstyle. Um, <laughs> and then there's the guys, you know, you walk past and you go, Why are you still on? You go, bro. <coughs> I, I know what you're talking about. There's these guys that have got the, the recede and then they've, they're just buzzing around the hair they've got left. I I do it every two and a half days. Yeah. Um, so I comb my hair with a razor and um, <laughs> I can grow, um, but I, I don't like it. Um, I was in Okinawa uh, in 2013 and I brought my bus, because I used to buzz cut, you know, a number one or a number two, and um, and the voltage was wrong. Mm. And I thought, well, shit, I'm not going to have my hair growing out because it feels like a tennis ball. I just yeah. don't like it. <laughs> so I just grabbed a razor and I just shaved it off bald and yeah. it was from Okinawa that yeah. I've been bald in 2013. Yeah. So, um, and isn't your wife a, a stylist, a hair stylist? Yes, she's a hairdresser. Mate, yeah, hairdresser. Mate, yeah. mate, they must, uh, I let her do it once and she missed a bit, so it was, you know, when you just feel it, you miss a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, so, an every, I'm an everyday guy. Day. I'm an everyday guy with, with, with the turtle wax. I don't know how we went down that path, but <laughs> but like, uh, as you know, Sensei Kyo was talking about, there's two kinds of bald men. They're the ones who want to and the ones who have to. And we are firmly in the group of the ones who want to because we have freed ourselves. We have freed ourselves. <laughs> um... Hey, look, there was an odd note, Sensei. I know we've gone a bit over time. I know you, thank you so much for fitting us in. But I'm looking at this as uh, volume number one. Um, there's so much more to your story. Um, there's so much more that um, that I would like to get into at a later date if you could fit us in again. It's been really cool, man. Um, I did want to get into the story, the amazing story of your 50th birthday. But I think we'll leave that because I know time is against us. But maybe we'll start with that on the next one. I just want to say, Sensei, uh, um, sounds good to me. For me, the work that you're doing is what karate is all about. I think that um, I love the fact that you're making a positive difference in your community, in your life, and you're turning your own trauma into something really positive that's helping other people. Um, I think that's what what the essence of karate is about. It's uh, how we serve, how we serve, as opposed to how we rule. Um, and there's a saying in Samoan. And in English it says, um, first, first service, then honour. 
and I think you really typify that. So I'm looking forward to getting back into it. And, and please holler if you're doing any seminars, this sort of that. So I, do, I think there are direct flights. Um, love to train with you at some point um, and compare razor blades. And I, I'm aware of the fact that w we've made an agreement that you're going to come over here and get some Polynesian ink as well. So I'm going to keep you to that. Done. Done. Um, my house is uh, your house, my friend. Um, anytime you want to come over, you know, uh, the doors are open for a brother. So, um, Thanks, brother. Yeah, you know, it, it's my honour that you actually asked me to, um, to have a chat on your, on your great podcast series. Um, and yeah, I'd love to talk more because yeah. there's so much more that I'd love to say. Cool. So just with that, with that being said, Sensei, yeah. is there anything you'd like to finish with? Um, how can people get hold of you? How can they learn more about what you're doing? I'm going to put some stuff up in the liner notes and so on. Um, how can they get at you? Um, how can they contact you directly for seminars or just to contact? What's the best way to do that? Um, I've got a website. It's Try Tactics. It's T-R-I and the word tactics, T-A-C-T-I-C-S dot com dot A-U. Um, or you can look us up on, on Facebook under Pete Keogh or Gojuri Kankakai Melbourne. Um, and yeah, be happy to um, answer any questions or anything that people have got to come my way. Oh my God, my mother again. My mother again. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mum. <laughs> so guys, just so just, sorry, mum, I'm going to, we'll have a conversation about calling during the podcast. Um, uh, no thanks again man and so guys I'll put some liner I'll put some stuff in the liners um, so you can get hold of Sensei directly thanks so much for listening if you stayed with us this long um, Sensei thank you and thank your family um, for giving us giving us the time to talk to you uh, this morning and looking forward to uh, catching up again soon so that's a rain check on this next one guys let me just say when you hear about what uh, Kiel Sensei got for his 50th birthday you're gonna spew, and I mean that in a nice way. I mean that in a nice way. It's it's green with envy. That's green with envy. Hey, uh, thanks, brother, and um, we'll we'll catch up soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much.